0: What up everybody, I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy Emmanuel. I'm back. I'm in the some I'm not in the kitchen. I'm in the dining room. I'm whipping it up.
1: Whipping it up. And
0: we about to get it in, man. I got some very amazing people with me. I got the weird Watsons featuring. Nicole and Ezell Watson. Say what's up to the people y'all. What's
1: up? What's up people?
2: Wakanda.
0: Wakanda. <laughs> hey, today is what's today? The 21st? Sure. February. It's a snow day. That's the 21st. We in Portland, Oregon. We what just up. came off the weekend of yeah. Black Panther. What a weekend y'all. What
1: a weekend.
0: Oh my what goodness. What a weekend. Is y'all is y'all about to catch this fight to Wakanda anytime soon? What's, Listen, what's
1: going my bags about? are packed, passports are ready, but I hear if you're melanated, you don't need a passport. Just oh, we just on.
2: walking up in we that thing. We just walk on in. Okay, we good. I'm showing people my tongue. My <laughs> <laughs> I was walking around work today. Yo,
0: <laughs> you ain't do that. Why well,
2: somebody was like, who
1: got uh, the Wakanda tattoos? Anybody know how to uh, oh, get
0: the inner my lip done? God. <laughs> we doing people was so really about to get their inner lips tattooed, <laughs> bro. Much. <laughs>
1: This is how much we crave for a, a, a utopia.
0: Oh my goodness, we need, we, we need that. We need that. It.
1: That was dope. Did you see with the fam? Or oh yeah. It? Okay. Yeah, I took my kids twice. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Yes. We enjoyed it thoroughly. My, our parents went with us. Word. Um, we went with the Black History Festival Northwest. They ran out of the, 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 the oh, theater right. out mm-hmm. on a division, and uh, so we went with with the culture and with the village, and that was I think that was a part of the experience because mm-hmm. you got to be with everybody else. Yeah. Um, Lots of you know, chicken and sodas mm. opening you know, yeah. shh, you know, It was a nice sound It was a beautiful sound They had beautiful. a DJ, a red carpet Really? <laughs> it was yeah. lit Okay It was lit Wow yeah. I
0: yeah. know they had a DJ They like had a that. DJ
1: Okay so Shout was, out Zay Sims Shout out Zay Sims Oh was, Zay, of course He was a DJ in the spot yeah. So the tunes was right So like they really
0: ready. had it rented out Like Oh yes So, so started, y'all could do whatever y'all wanted
1: Absolutely, whatever wow. we wanted wow. When we walked in they were like are you a part of Black Panther? You know why I'm here. You know why I'm here. You know Come why on. I'm here. Just tell me where theater for is. Right. Thanks. That's um, went back. They had a red carpet. Had a step and repeat so you could take photos. Mm-hmm. and Had Sharon Thomas out there taking pics yeah. and doing video. That was all the way live. Shout out Sharon.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, people were saving seats. You know, sweaters and purses on on seats. You know how we do, <laughs> pissing everybody off. <laughs> uh-uh,
0: this this is taking. I uh-uh, know. Uh, no. no. Like where this... your
1: people at? They, they on their way. On, they ain't
2: in the line. There was mm-hmm. not a lot of talking, though, like everyone thought. It wasn't. Once the movie started. Because yeah. we was, up, captivated. We was yeah. captivated.
0: We was captivated. We was captivated. Like, it's a lot to take in. And the storyline was, was so dope.
1: And it literally, like, hit the ground running.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: starting with the apartment scene. you yeah. we like, well, they don't really look like Black Panther. Who is he? Right. It was, it was an amazing way to. We wasn't talking as much as we thought we was. Mm-mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well we're gonna jump into that. We're sure. gonna jump into that. Right. First things first, I wanna get into all this excellence that I'm I'm surrounded by. You know what so. I mean? So Nikki, I appreciate you doing this, I Appreciate your time, you know, allowing me first to come job. through. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, this is uh part three of the African American Excellence series coming right. off of part two. With the homie Shabri Vickers,
1: man, that's that's African American excellence for real. For real. Oh my goodness, Isn't her story is something else. Like Isn't I've it? known her
0: for over for about a decade, but there was a lot of stuff that I learned. Right, you know what I mean? She's got some depth to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and her spirit is just like she's always positive. And yes, that's the best is. part about her. Yeah, she man. is.
1: she is. She's a dope human being. Um, I can't. We had met at like some Urban League event and randomly ended up at the same. Um, after spot And just mm-hmm. hit it off immediately um, We got some stories we can tell But I can't share those out loud Before no. I was married uh, Amen Brothers and
0: sisters. Amen again
1: Amen amen <laughs> again we Thank God for the union of covenant
0: Thank you Jesus
1: <laughs> Why are you
2: looking like that babe
0: <laughs> Y'all should see Ezekiel's face right now He <laughs> ain't trying to hear none of that.
2: Be ye not Deceit <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we glad to
1: be here. We glad to be a part of no the doubt. third
0: episode. Yes, ma'am. So, um, for y'all that's listening, man, y'all got to understand who y'all are listening to, who y'all are sitting with right now. In your car, wherever you at, this is Mrs. Nicole Watson. Yo. Teacher, community leader, wife, sister, daughter, mentor, and overall phenomenal woman
1: man I appreciate that
0: now you are I, I reached out to you because I see you do your sure. thing you know what I mean you're teaching mm-hmm. you're getting awards mm-hmm. you're doing <laughs> stuff in the community you're very active and uh, I can tell you're making a positive impact on a lot of kids lives so tell the people about you know how long you've been teaching and just what brought you to this moment of, yeah. of being a teacher
1: was a great question um first I appreciate that no doubt. Um mm-hmm. Man, I, so I've been in the classroom. This is my fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a very long time. So for those of you who are considering, um, becoming a student in your late twenties, um, I'm a product that it, that it works mm-hmm. and that, that it is achievable and attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to me teaching, I had worked for Stan Corp mortgage investors in a real estate commercial real estate side of things. And, uh, Um, I would uh, this is really like no lie how it happened there was a woman named Cheryl Ramirez who worked for my CEO she was his secretary Mm -hmm. and her husband was um, from Mexico and every year they would go to Juarez and they would read and provide resources to the orphans that were coming to this orphanage in in Juarez Mexico Mm -hmm. and one day she had been like four or five times before one day I just asked her I was like miss Cheryl um do you think I could go with you one time? And she was like, Absolutely, Nicole, you just need to get a passport and like she named all of this thing all the uh of the stuff I would need to get. Um and I've always been, I guess, that kind of person. I just was like, All right, I'm gonna go. Um mm-hmm. and so I got my stuff together and I went and I, I it's one of those, you know, typical mission trips where you go and and the goal is to 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 share and give all of who you are, but you end up getting way more in return. Um so I went about three Two or three times with her mm-hmm. and her family, and it just became um, the kids started coming back with me. You know, not not physically, but spiritually, they just kept coming back with me. And my cubicle at work just kind of grew out of control with the pictures of the little kids that I had met, and then I would go back each year, and they had grown, and they would had siblings, or just watching them endure trauma. Many of them had seen their parents murdered in front mm. of them. You know, the drama with the with the drug, the trade, drug cartel yeah. cartels in in Juarez were just. I mean, that's my first time ever seeing a dead body. Mm. Um, the federales would be out with machine guns, and um, it was just my first time really dealing with that type of um, that type of trauma. Yeah. And I came back to the to the states, and I and I my company was gonna pay for me to go to school uh, in real estate finance. And I was sitting at PSU with an advisor, and she was just asking a bunch of questions about you know while my stuff was being processed, and she was like, if you could do anything. What would what would you do? You know, if you could major in anything, if you could do anything, and I said, you know, if I could go back, knowing what I know now, I think I I think I missed it. I think I would I think I would teach. Mm. Um, and so she was like, you know, it's not too late. And I was like, eh, I'm 27. It is kind of too late. <laughs> like, I'm at a really great job. I'm making really good money. I don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and there was something about her that just you know she was like you know money all the money in the world is not going to you know gain you happiness or fulfillment. Um, or completion, and so she told me about the Portland Teachers Program, mm-hmm. um, which is a scholarship program for African American, and not just African American people of color in general who are interested in the field of education, um, and it's a full scholarship with the promise that you would teach in Portland for three years in order not to have to repay your debt. Wow! And I was like, man, I'm not—I'm 28, 27, 28. By the time I really got around to applying, I'm yeah. 28. Yeah. Right. Um, but I applied and I got it. And I made a decision. I said, if I'm if I get this scholarship, I'm going all in. I'm gonna quit my job at the standard. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give up my apartment. Are I you, had a little dog stand? named Crouton. Mm-hmm. It huh. was the. It was the subsidiary. It was the commercial real estate side, not the insurance side. Okay. So they had a, a, a branch out in uh, Beaverton and Hillsboro. But, in you was, so but you yeah, was still, I was still under, I was a standard employee.
0: You're still getting that money though.
1: Yeah, it was like, standard is like the SEI of corporations. Yeah. You know, if you don't work at the standard or have not worked at the standard, I don't really know if I could call you in the village. Wow. I mean, everybody has worked at the standard. <laughs>
0: no, nah, I feel you. Right? That's real. That's real.
1: Um, So I gave up my dog. I gave up my apartment. I moved back in with my parents and I went to school full time. Why you give up your dog? Crouton, man What happened to little crouton? Well, crouton, man Crouton had to go, man um, <laughs> I know I feel bad though I turned him into a blind seeing dog But <laughs> well, you
0: know what? He, he, served, a he served a greater purpose He served
1: a greater purpose And it, so did
0: you And everything just kind of right, Came together All It things speaks together. to
1: my, my My focus at that time My drive at that time Was Word. completing the goal
0: if y'all really serious About what you want to do In life You got to, to give us Some things You
1: gonna to have to Man
0: Man Nikki gave up Crew time man I gave up
1: crew time man With the ponytails And he had his own Doggy p- cologne And all that wow. He was like an appendage. Yeah, but, yeah, but what
0: was it? Was, when nothing was gonna stop you.
1: Nothing, yeah, nothing was gonna stop me. I had <laughs> I a. Don't. don't talk to Judah like that. We have a dog out <laughs> there, yeah. Judah. <laughs> Judah is not has never wanted for nothing. He's trying. Second, you don't her plan. You do need to govern yourself <laughs> to
0: according. Oh, Judah, you, you go better go act go right.
1: Boy. I will open up so you you the be, front door. Look at
0: He's like, hold on, man. He,
1: yeah, I think a. he really be understanding. Yeah, His
0: face really look concerned right now.
1: Right. He's like, please don't let me go. The word humane society,
0: yeah. He's a little trauma, he starts getting triggered when you say that. <laughs> but he
1: knows they accept patients on Thursdays.
0: Um, oh my god,
1: <laughs> so yeah, that just kind of spoke to where I was at the time. And when I got to Portland State, let me honestly say, PCC was where it was at. I started at PCC, yeah, and then you move up to Portland State, mm-hmm. um, so you get your associate's, and then you get your bachelor's, and then you move on to your master's, all throughout this PTP program, yeah. And uh, Portland Community College, man, shout out to, the, to, to PCC. Um, I I have never, it was where I fell in love with education. I fell in love with being a student. There was something about being on that campus. Um, I did most of mine between Cascade and Sylvania Mm -hmm. and it was just an, I don't know. I had great professors. I had Mm -hmm. a a, a history professor and a math professor that really just challenged me mathematically. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, it was just an amazing experience by the time I got to Portland state, I feel like I was in a groove. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to finish early. So I was taking like 23, 30, I know not 30 that's a little, but, intense. but like but 23, 22 y'all. credits oh, of time. I really was trying to get done. Um, I was very focused This was before I met my husband. You was focused. I was very focused because I saw what the education system could do to us. I saw that if you hadn't had a blueprint, mm-hmm. if somebody hadn't already grooved the road for you and paved the way, mm-hmm. you could get swallowed up through financial aid, through the whole, uh, there being a, a, a top amount of classes you could take in a certain subject. And it's, it, it's so bureaucratic mm-hmm. that if you don't know the rules, it's easy that you could get there and waste time. Oh yeah. Right. And waste resources. And then by the time you really get serious about what you want, you've already reached your financial aid cap and you got to take out loans and who really can afford that.
2: Mm. So
1: I, I, I was nervous about, um, you know, getting to that college campus, like I did my freshman year out of college and not knowing what to do and not knowing the rules of that culture mm-hmm. and being just swept aside, mm-hmm. like many of us, and then ended up at PCC with the rest of Northeast Portland, mm-hmm. and that's where we was in the cafeteria kicking it and chilling and not going to class. And that fear, I was, I was afraid of that. I was mm-hmm. afraid that because no one had gone before me, I wasn't gonna know how to how to go and get it done. Yeah. Um. So not only was I focused, it, it also had to be a determination because I realized, man, this is killer be killed, and I don't mean it. You know of that figuratively right. um i mean literally but more figuratively like that's how i felt i yeah. felt like man this it's all or nothing yeah um and i'm older i was older at that time so i really didn't have the the, the luxuries of of kind of just oh i'm taking art oh i'm taking science <laughs> yeah. nah bro. i was in there with a with a with a, an agenda um to get it done yeah um so that's how i ended up majoring in education um my first year in the classroom man, my brother died Uh, Which was really 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 tough Um, But I was just talking to my students about finding the silver lining in Mm. in any in any dark cloud And one of the silver linings from that not that I would would ever you know not want him back um, But because of his death it it caused a few things in my family Um, One my mother who had been a principal secretary at Rosa Parks Mm. um, the school I'm presently at now. um, She had been there a number of years and she needed a change and wasn't ever gonna move. And it wasn't until my brother's passing that she got up enough courage to walk away from something that she had been doing almost for two decades. Yeah. Um, and because she walked away, our first year without him, and my first year in the classroom, she got to be my classroom mother. Wow. So that meant that I got to come to work with my mom every day. And wow. I know that that sounds like super cheesy, um, but when you're grieving, um, society doesn't really teach us how to let another human being go. Mm-hmm. that's not something that we're, we're taught yeah. um, and so we're all really just trying to figure it out in real time mm-hmm. and sometimes we did damage to other people because we're hurt obviously um, so having my mom there to be able to navigate some of the things that my teacher preparation program couldn't prepare me for um, was just it was it was it was kismet it was um, it's the silver lining that I, I consider that I got to spend a year healing with my mom and my babies, my first my first set of babies, mm-hmm. got my mother, as their class, making copies and doing the bulletin board and bringing snacks. I mean, she had the Rice Krispie Treats yeah. and cup of noodles. I mean, she was just...
0: Everything was on deck. Everything
1: was on deck. Mm. And, and they got to really be loved up because of her. And mm-hmm. um, it made my first year in the classroom special. Yeah. And for black teachers, we don't stay off. You know, sometimes keeping us in the classroom is tough. And so having my mom there um, really made sure that my longevity and my sustainability in the classroom was set. Because I had a solid beginning out the out the starting block.
0: So when you say keeping us in the classroom is tough, what like speak more to that?
1: Oh, man! <clears throat> you know, there's a conversation going on in education today as to why the teaching demographic doesn't match the demographic of students that we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I philosophically believe that that goes back to Brown versus Board of Education. I, okay. I do believe that 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 that's something a decision in the Supreme Court that we herald as, as a time of a remarkable decision. Um, but, but I also think that we don't consider the nuances of what it meant um, to to consider the way black folks were educating um, each other, and that time was was considered inferior to the way white folks were doing it. And so when Brown versus Board uh, became a, 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 a national sensation, you know, we, what we started doing was busing black students to white schools. We never, ever bussed white students to black schools. True. So white students never got to be taught by black teachers and black principals, mm-hmm. but they existed, mm-hmm. right? There were buildings full of black educators and black principals and black janitors and black science teachers. And, and, and my husband is a product of that education. I look at the, his confidence mm-hmm. and who he is as a black man is... It's, a lot to do with the type of upbringing he had in, in an early childhood education More. taught by black teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't necessarily consider that angle when we look at Brown versus Board. We look mm-hmm. at it like, yes, schools were integrated. And yes, I think that was great. But at what cost, what did we give up for that? What we gave up for that were qualified teachers, principals, and superintendents and administrators of our own that no longer had a place to be because they definitely wasn't getting ready to teach white kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of where we are today stems from the way we did that, mm-hmm. the way we handled that. And I don't think that it's the here-all and be-all, but I think it's an important part of the discussion of, is us looking backwards to say, how do we get here? I think to that, to that further to that point, I don't know if we really know how to how to create an environment <clears throat> in public education where black people in general I'm not going to speak to other ethnicities cuz this is the one that I know for sure black people in general can 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 survive that we can find our lane any of us who've been successful in education we had to steal it we had to realize and, and understand the nuances and the quirks and code switching and we had to we had to be stealth mm-hmm. right and I find that, that as, a, as a black educator, it's hard. It's just as hard as a teacher being in a building that where no one looks like me. Just as hard as it would be to be in a classroom where no, no adults look like you. Mm-hmm. No one sounds like your mama or your auntie yeah. or your cousin. Or No one's bumping 1480 when you come in because mm-hmm. he's cleaning the hall. Nobody's doing that. And yeah. so therefore, you don't get to see yourselves represented in the structure, which means the rules aren't rules that that would exist in your house or mm-hmm. in your culture. The rules are oh, yeah. different, right? <laughs> yep. And so I just don't think that we are surviving um, because our public education, our system doesn't have right now the capacity to hold multiple perspectives. It's a one way to do things. Like, for instance, we're still in school in an agricultural model. We're, we're still out for the summer as if there's a harvest to pick. <laughs> there isn't. And we haven't really questioned why we do it that way. We just know that we've always done it that way. And mm-hmm. so we continue to persist because it's just the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And when no one's wondering if it's effective or not, we're just, it's just always. But isn't there, always isn't better. there
0: a lot of research to say that it's not effective?
1: Absolutely. But, yeah. But I
0: but, think people just get, they get used to what they used to.
1: Absolutely. And everybody wants they bro, break. And but, so I'm in a year round model. I went specifically this year. <clears throat> I left Jason Lee, which was the school I was at previously. And I'm now at Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks I, is year round? Rosa Parks is year round. And I, I went specifically because that. of it. Because I wanted, as uh, through my doctoral research, I wanted to study the differences between those models. So I've done a traditional calendar model where you start in August yeah. and you're out in June.
2: I and then now know I'm, that.
1: I'm in a model where we go nine weeks on and every nine weeks we get three weeks off. Mm-hmm. So that means I got a winter break, excuse me, a, a fall break in September. Mm-hmm. I got a winter break in December for three weeks. And then I'm getting ready to get a spring break for three weeks. So when y'all go out for just one, we'll be out for three. Mm-hmm. Then we'll come back in in, in the in, in beginning of April, go until June, come out with y'all. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have five weeks off. And then we start again in July. Word. And we'll, I, the benefit of that is just, you know, these particular kids in the north and in the villa and in the new Columbia, it's a different population of kids and Mm -hmm. the principal and the administration there had determined that what would be best practice for that set of kids would be um brain drain that summer slide that Mm -hmm. going out being too long without something to do creates just as much trauma and tension um in our bones as um, some of the other things that we could get into and so Mm -hmm. i'm at a year-round model and i love it it is the best ever if I have my way I, I won't I won't ever go back to a traditional model because I yeah. do believe that for us best practice is, is the best way yeah um, so when you think about black teachers in the classroom and we got to just do something different mm-hmm. um, and I think that that would mean having administrators of color that understand how to culture uh, cultivate and nurture an environment where black teachers can can thrive and can mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would be important Yeah. Um, and i think that until we really do that i don't i don't know if we're going to be able to see a a, a climate that can hold um, the b- black teachers in the way that that we need to in order for us to really have the longevity in the in the in the career field that we want
0: yeah i just think if we we just need to have more people aspiring to do so like yourself you yeah. know what i mean and uh, and once i think once we get in especially as time goes on and way that the way that demographics have changed and right. are changing right even in Portland Public Schools, right. I've been told that uh, it's majority people of color. It is. In Portland Public Schools.
1: It, in the student population.
0: Student population. Right.
1: It's definitely not that way when you look no, at principals with the, and teachers. And not
0: and administration, but student yeah. population. Absolutely. So if your students are already reflecting that when they see you, you know what I mean? It's, it's it, like it'll, a whole, it'll be love. So you just have to deal with the bureaucracy of the people above you.
1: And that mm-hmm. is a hard I left the school because of that. So there's an article floating around the internet that said teachers don't quit schools, they quit principals. Mm. And I would would insert that as a great argument that I didn't quit a school, I loved the school. What I didn't like was the, the the climate that that particular administration yeah,
0: it's the created the and the parents too you know sometimes no, I some love talk. my parents man well no my not you is lit. Oh, so okay. there was there was an article I read For sure. this past summer it was about a, a young lady she moved here from Atlanta okay, she got okay. recruited by oh, Portland Public you know what I'm talking she was like she could not she take could, it nah you know what I mean she was like the principal and the parents like and people it, lying on well, her well she
1: went to saving oh. so like. She went, talking Peninsula. Like, Peninsula. Okay. Peninsula. So she went to
0: Peninsula. Okay, so she went to
1: Peninsula, and that's a different demographic. And that's
0: my son, and that's our neighborhood school. She color. went oh, from my the south. See, yeah. this
1: is the difference when you just start saying have teachers of color. That does not mean getting your little Prius <laughs> and drive down to Texas and you go get all the black people you see. Come on up to Oregon Mm-mm-mm, because she it's a she's whole into. other culture. Mm-hmm. She got up here. He got up here and was like, there was a little child like having a tantrum in the middle of the floor and she was like what is this you gonna talk to your mom like that Mm -hmm. and so she just couldn't understand the culture and so that speaks to again Mm -hmm. when you go and you're you're trying to recruit teachers of color my question would have been why didn't you go to Portland teachers program that's where I came from
0: well they went to the land of negroes (laughs) negroes <laughs> the land flowing of milk and honey the flowing of many negroes like, how many negroes do you want there's are there are plenty of them you know what i mean and so it's, you can't completely fault them
1: for that no you absolutely can't. but that's a white logic because all black people are the same black people everywhere well know? no no
0: but right i'm enough. just saying they're, they're just like there's an abundance of educated like teach like if there there's there's a lack of teachers like right in portland right I don't know how many people are teachers or have that ability and mm-hmm. the licensing have done the schooling for, for it, sure. but down there. But you don't
1: think that, that I, I, again, I think that like Brown versus board, we, we look to fit, to fix the symptom, not the disease. We are, we are, we are quick to just find a band-aid. Mm-hmm. So the band aid to the problem would be not to actually develop culturally responsive curriculum in the classroom mm-hmm. so that the teachers that are coming through these teacher programs, which is a pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. See what most districts don't let you know is I know as a district which teachers are coming through the pipeline because one, many of them are in my schools because they're student teaching. And two, I have a relationship because my hiring department and my HR department is already speaking to the top executive of or whomever it is that's that's doing placement at these different universities. Mm -hmm. That's a conversation. So for instance, when I came through PPS, Bonnie Gray was the person who was at PPS. She's no longer there now. Mm -hmm. She was at PPS and had created a pipeline for Portland Teachers teachers to make sure that we got top interviews, make sure we were in the classrooms, make sure we were in front of principals. That was a person that created that pipeline. A woman of color, an Asian woman, a woman of color, created a pipeline from a teacher program to a a district. Mm -hmm. So when we look at how come in my mind I would think, oh, I'm just going to go to Atlanta or, oh, I'm just going to go to Texas. Yes, you could, but you could also say what would be more sustainable is for me to create a pipeline because really what the problem is is we're not doing the recruiting at the collegiate level to get people through a program. To, like, I mean I look at myself, like, I stumbled through. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, ready-made course. and Luckily, mm-hmm. I had PTP, which was a, a group of people of color, educators of color, along the same frame of mind as myself to yeah. keep me to the fire mm-hmm. but without that I mean, you you got to have a pipeline so I think you cannot it doesn't have to be either or it can be both and yeah. you can go to Texas and Atlanta and you recruit your teachers but you also in your own residence you got to have a pipeline for this teacher education program because if not then the white teachers who are coming through those programs are going to clash with the black folks who are coming up from the south because the ideologies are different Mm-hmm. The way they're learning to teach, the whole culture of the South is a yes, ma'am, no, sir type mentality. So you get mm-hmm. somebody like that up in liberal Portland,
0: but that's that's but that's, but that's the thing other, about but that's, that's the like thing about liberal Portland fail. though because they don't think that they're liberal. They don't think that what they're like the way that they are is anything that's negative or that can't be.
1: Well, of course not. Fish don't know they ugly. A, a common,
0: exactly. Right. And so so they go to, to to the South, not with any context. It's like, well, we need black teachers they're already there.
1: Mm-hmm. I think this is <laughs> so why let's, you So let's let's start fishing, need, you know what I mean? I think this is that's indicative to say that you also need black leadership at the top. It's the same thing with the Pepsi commercial. And and Kylie Jenner, right? I haven't
0: mm-hmm. seen that commercial. Have you Me seen either. that
1: commercial? Yeah, I saw that commercial. But because so I'm not gonna give I've that. Heard,
0: I've heard a lot about it.
1: But my point in that okay. is, or even the dove commercial with the
0: I've oh, okay. seen, seen that other folks at the
1: table so that when your idea H&M. comes. H and m
0: H and M with the
1: little with the apes and the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. There has to be somebody else at the table to say, um, ooh, so see, I kind of find it's a little problematic, because, but but mm-hmm. if there's nobody if everybody at the table looks like you. True. Then who is, is bringing the, the the perspective of the voice that's missing
2: mm-hmm. I feel to nice.
1: hold us to what you what you
2: thinking? I just I would just offer that I'm really cautious because I hear a lot. This is this phrase is I'm hoping I don't know if I hope, but this phrase has been very popular. People who look like me, representation is important, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think we get caught up in full diversity. Right? We think that because we have someone that looks different from the remainder of the group, that they think different and believe different from the mm. remainder of the group. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, can be dangerous as well when you get a bunch of black folks at the table who think like all the white folks at the table. So even though we have nice. diversity at the table, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we have diversity in the way people look. We don't have diversity in ideology mm. because a good I, very good point. There are tons of yeah, there probably are tons. Literally, right. add up all the weight of people, but there are tons of <laughs> black people who identify with. What we would con- what we would consider white ideologies mm-hmm. um, we do have a gr- a whole a growing number of black people that believe in rugged individualism mm-hmm. that look at the way I did it if I did it it can be done mm-hmm. and here are the steps mm-hmm. um, when we leave out help is constantly left out of the American narrative mm-hmm Divine assistance and grace. When I say divine assistance and grace, nobody got to anywhere alone. Mm-hmm. Only place you, the only place you went alone was to the grave. Right. Anywhere else that you got, you got through community help. Mm-hmm. It, if the community looked like you, or if they didn't, it still was some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what I just see in education, I see. A real siloed model of education. Like we move from extreme to extreme. Uh, what I personally believe is that there just needs to be a little bit of balance added mm-hmm. to education. Everybody doesn't want to go to college and doesn't have to, mm-hmm. everybody's not cut out for a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's got to be, there has to be some balance there. Mm-hmm. I think my wife is a prime example of what a good education can look like. Mm-hmm. Had she not gone back to school to get her teaching license, she was already successful based on, catapulted to success by her public education. Some of the skills that my wife uses the most are the skills that she acquired as a tech man. Mm-hmm. I Word. I would have went to Jeff if I was here, but were But the techmen. No, but but the techmen the tech will. They will put <sighs> you on that path. They will prepare you for life. To success. To to be successful.
1: In Wakanda. I don't I don't know what the other schools are going to be successful on what continent, uh, but only a techman can be successful in Wakanda. Okay. So.
0: All right. That, I ain't even gonna you know, touch that. I just, that. Think, I just think, that. think I just think I think my wife ain't. is
1: a phenomenal <laughs> educator. <laughs> I think because Just teasing on my <laughs> demos and generals mm-hmm. and senators. Judas said, huh, I know pumpkin. We have to do it.
2: Okay. now what are the what?
0: demos? Don't don't leave out the Minutemen.
1: Who who are then these people? <laughs> is it Lincoln?
0: I think it's Marshall.
1: Oh Marshall. Wait, okay. I the only think? Marshall I know is a huh? the demos. Democrats. Oh <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Thomas Thomas Jefferson.
2: I get it now mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get Uh-oh. a GED I promise
0: No it's all good <laughs> Nothing
2: wrong with a GED. It's, it's all good it. General hey, equivalency take it <laughs> <out>. Okay <laughs> Nothing wrong with that But but listen to the way That the schools are named In Okay Just real quick listen. Jeff Democrats mm-hmm. Franklin Quakers Quakers mm-hmm. Who are the senators Madison. Madison What are Who are Roosevelt Riders. Rough Riders Teddy Roosevelt. What do they have? Oh, okay. That, that was the Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, reference. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And now, what president is the Techman?
0: Benson Techman is just representing technical skills. That's yeah, it. Benzie, it's just it's it's, it's it's just skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we not we not named after a slave owner or. Uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> or any other... <laughs> no, <but you> name <laughs> or, or set of... Uh, okay, you, can
1: we not
2: digress? <laughs> no, we, we not gonna digress, <laughs> but but we're not going to digress. Lord, let me finish my point. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm interested to hear really this. Really quick. <laughs> the techmen are labeled by what they can produce, their skill. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is labeled by who they are. So profound. Uh, I'm, I, but okay. but, but, but i you connected, look into the history so you of saying, Portland, Portland, you look into the history of education in Oregon, you're going to see that they had certain...
1: I'm areas. sure, like in every like, city, in every city in every...
2: slated for certain types of soul. work. Mm-hmm. call it tracking. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So yep. you know, I I don't think that it's a I don't think that there's a one size fits all answer for education. That's all. Agreed I feel it's not, mm-hmm.
0: but that's why we need more Nickies in this world mm-hmm. because what what you're doing is a great thing. I
1: appreciate and, that. It's hard, and it's,
0: it's evident. So, yeah. tell me about. There's there's so many gaps to fill in education. For
1: sure. Goodness gracious. What's the
0: main thing that you are trying to impress upon your kid? What gap are you Ooh. intentionally trying to fill? Fulfill every day, where you know, you know, you where you say to yourself, you know what? PPS is just not going to get this, so I have <clears throat> to do it.
1: Uh, so there, there are two. Um, With
0: all respect due to PPS, but you know. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Is
1: this the district that I work in? Word. Um, work.
0: I came up in it, so it's. Um, okay.
1: uh, and it's one of the ones that has been primarily um, discussed in the in the news and in the media. So it absolutely we got yeah. a lot of a lot of change happening in the internal part of the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a classroom teacher, one of my main um, oh there's a lot of gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, one is I'm I'm trying to stay in the classroom as long as possible. Okay. That's a gap because mm-hmm. if I know that teachers of color are not. Sustainable in buildings where there is are no other staff that look like them. We tend to leave. We tend to get burnt out Mm. um, because the kids come to us for so much, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm the only black teacher in a building,
0: you everybody every black kids teacher. Oh my
1: god, you're every black kids (laughs) teacher, right? And when there's an issue with another classroom, you're the classroom that kids get dumped. Um, I remember when I was at Jason Lee, man, there was one time where I had a second grader in my room. I had my regular fifth graders. I had a seventh grader, not an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. The seventh and the eighth grader had got kicked out for whatever reason that they had chosen my room to be the room that they transitioned back into the building in. Mm-hmm. The second grader had chosen my room as the room to take his time out. Mm-hmm. So when the teacher got tired of him at second grade, which means he's seven, mm-hmm. the teacher gets tired of him, she sends him to Miss Watson's room to fifth grade. Now, so that's one gap. One gap is just being there. hmm it's just being a face wow. that my students get to see every day, and I try to show up looking like myself, so I don't get into the respectability politics of wearing a suit or wearing a, um, a blouse and some slacks every day. No, I wear my Tims, I wear my, my Chucks, I wear my hoodie, I wear my afro out. They let
0: you just wear.
1: Yeah, that's why I say everybody should be a teacher. Word. Right? Yeah, like I go like my authentic self. So if, when I if I want to wear J's, I wear my J's. If I want to wear my Chucks, I wear my Chucks. If I want to wear my boots and some cute little you know frilly things, I can do that too. Um, but I try to really look like myself, so that yeah, my—that's
0: what I didn't know you could do that. Right, I thought y'all had a little dress. No,
1: nah. It depends on the building. It depends okay. on the principal. The principal would it it would said that. Yeah. But even more so, we have a we have a union, in our district is re, um, our union is really um, empowered to make sure that we are not, as teachers in other districts or teachers in other states, there are some things that we just don't have to contend with. Yeah. Um, but most teachers, yeah, it's a women driven industry, and so we dress. Yeah. We, ain't, But one of the things that I do think is interesting is that we do uh, impose uniforms on the children that we don't ever have to abide by. Mm. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. That's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the gaps. One of the gaps that I try to fill is by being in the classroom as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about the different things in education I want to do, mm-hmm. man, if, if it takes me out of the classroom right now, I'm not about it. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoy being in the classroom, filling that gap. Yeah. Um, the second gap that I try to, to fill... Um, and this is a harder gap I I try not to call what I do teaching Mm -hmm. I'm a caregiver and I look at my responsibility in the classroom as one who's providing care Mm -hmm. so my assumption is my experience has been that many of my students who I am entrusted to serve come with great trauma either a a, a family member who's absent um, abuse sexual Mm -hmm. um, homelessness or houselessness Mental abuse, ver- verbal abuse, I've dealt with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I have learned as an educator is that if I have not provided healing, then I cannot facilitate education. I can't mm. facilitate learning. Mm. If your belly is hungry and you're starving and it's rumbling, fractions ain't going to matter to you. Right. So what I have learned is oftentimes we have to set the curriculum aside. That doesn't mean that I don't get to it, but it means that I start my day in a place of healing. Mm. So we start with the circle. And I'm intentionally checking in on every child. How was your day? How was your night? Did you get good rest? What did you do? Um, What that does is two things. One, it it provides care. But two, it creates conversation. So what I've learned with many of my black and brown students is we live in houses where it's do as I say, not as I do. It is speak when spoken to. Mm-hmm. What that creates is this level of, um, and they're on this video box. They're, 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 I've sounded like an old person. Good <laughs> Lord. They on the Xbox and the PlayStation. On that there video they box. They on that dang video box <laughs> over there. The face Tube. You know, they on that. Um, but, but one of the things that I've learned, I've noticed with my children is they cannot speak. They don't have conversational language. They can talk. But to be able to engage in in dialogue, going back and forth is difficult for many of our children to engage in. Mm. And I won't say why I believe that to be so, it's just the experience that I've had so far. Okay. And so as a part of my caretaking, I'm not only providing care and providing healing, loving on them, um, but it's also a way to engage in conversation. I engage in dialogue with each of my students every single day, Mm. giving them new vocabulary, helping them process their language and their words and putting sentences together. Mm. So that's a gap. So one, the gap is being in the classroom. The second gap is providing care, removing that idea of teacher. Because teacher is, sounds really hierarchical, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the teacher. Everybody else is beneath me. Mm-hmm. I really try to have as, as much as possible, and Ezel gets on me about this a lot, is really creating a democratic classroom, a classroom. My students get to contribute into what we do, mm-hmm. how we do it, and where we do it at. They get to, They have a say. Mm. Not every time can I oblige their wishes. Sometimes we, ca- we can't stay in writing forever. We gotta move on to math. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't. I have to prepare you for the state testing, so I have to t- t- facilitate the learning in such a way that I know you're gonna come up against it on a test. You know what to do. Word. So sometimes I can't deviate from that, but many times I do. Mm-hmm. And we've created a quite a, a, a family. We're a clique. We're a family. A squad. Yeah. Um that takes great care. That means that we do love languages. So each of my kids has taken the love languages test, the five. Wow. And they know what love language they are. And here's why that's That's high important. level for fifth grade. It's high level, right? Yeah. But my expectations are up here. No, but I'm saying that's that's awesome. What, what, what kind of love you expect so that you know what kind of love you're giving, wow. right? Yeah. Because that's beneficial in any relationship, especially one with your teacher. I yeah. need to know the kids that's going to want to put up my chairs at the end of the day. I need to know the ones that's gonna draw me pictures. I need to want know the one that's gonna need a hug every day. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't know, then I can't be committed to speaking your language. And at some point in your in your history, in your life, you have to have one person who's been committed to speaking your language. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll buy a little something for my get my students who need gifts. Mm-hmm. Or I'll draw a little picture for my students who, who who love art and who need that act of kindness. Or I'll clean somebody's desk out. Or But I have a sheet of paper at my desk that tells me each of their top three love languages so that I know at all times what they're speaking to me and how I should respond back. Wow. Um, that's creating care. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means that sometimes the order of the day is the healing and not the curriculum. I believe that the curriculum comes when you feel the most safe, mm-hmm. when you feel like you trust your teacher, mm-hmm. when you feel like you trust that everything I'm giving you is good for you. And I promise even the hard stuff. We call it putting ketchup on our vegetables at my in mm-hmm. 2-11. Mm-hmm. We all got to get the vegetables. Sometimes you got to put a little cheese on the broccoli, though. Mm-hmm. But you got to get the broccoli down. Mm-hmm. So it's being in the classroom. It's creating care. And the third concept of the gap that I attempt to fill is that bridge between classroom and community. Mm. I really want my community to know that the classroom is just an extension of the village and that you are welcome there. My goal is to empower my parents so that they understand I am but of service to you. I am another person in your child's village. That means that the classroom is also your classroom. So feel free to walk in here. Feel free to come take notes. Feel free to call me and hold me accountable. Um, sometimes I'm walking through the classroom and I'm taking pictures and I'm texting them to parents. So me and my parents text back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's just to create. I, I want to reestablish this idea that it really does take a village. And I want to be the type of educator that you know where I live. Oh, that's Miss Watson's house. You know, don't step on her grass. You know, that's her house. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the type of village that my kids grow up in. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean my philosophy is living close to or in the neighborhood in which I teach. Mm -hmm. When I was at Jason Lee, that was seven minutes away. Now that I'm at Rosa Parks, it's a little bit different. I grew up there, so I still feel a connection to that community, and Mm -hmm. I try to get out into the community as often as possible. So I'm texting my parents, I'm sending them a what's up, or my one of my babies doing something great, and I'll snap a photo and send it to the mom, and then they'll get home and be like, how did you know Ms. Watson texted me? That just creates, that helps my parents know that we in this together. Mm-hmm. And that even if you're at work and you're slinging dishes or you you know, at Taco Bell and you running people through the line, you get a text message from your kid's teacher and it's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the three gaps that I'm attempting to fill right now. It's being in the classroom, being visible, providing care to my students. And building that bridge between community and classroom
0: so is that all your like your brain child or is that something that you Ooh. learned from somebody else like how did you get to that point where Ooh, you know what these three things question. is, is there, this is a must
1: they are mine okay. i'm sure they're philosophically or theoretically in some text or article that i could find but yeah. really i'm just doing what feels good mm. and my motto is if it feels good it is good because mm. i'm good Word. i know that i'm good i know that i'm That this is where God has placed me. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is a calling. And I know like this is my work. My work is to radically change education. And how I do that is through love. I Mm. call it heart work. Mm. Not hard work. It's heart work. That Mm. if I connect my heart to another student's heart, I can teach you fractions. I can teach you physics. I can teach you anything. Because you trust that the nutrients that's coming from Ms. Watson. That's that good stuff. Mm. You may have to put some ketchup on them. Mm-hmm. You have to put a little cheese on it. I may have to get on you about your pants being too low. I may have to get on you because you got your hat on in the building. But because I develop care, that's well, just Miss Watson, man. Yo, you know Miss Watson's finna say something, you might want to take your hat off. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want my, my my students to leave me better than they came. Yeah. And how I do that is by putting my last name on each of them. Mm-hmm. They know he's L. They he comes to their games. He's come to the classroom. That he calls every now and then, and they pick up the phone. And he put they put him on speaker, and he be talking to the whole class. They mm-hmm. love when Mister Ezel comes in, mm-hmm. um, and I do that so that they get to see a positive image of black marriage. Mm-hmm. That they know that I be that I'm in a relationship with someone else mm-hmm. who takes just as much good as much care of me as I do with him, mm-hmm. and that's important so that they get to see whole multiple perspectives mm-hmm. of Ms. Watson. I don't. I'm not just here when you show up. Right Oh you know she gotta go She gotta get home to her Right I need you to be thinking Of those things um, <laughs>
0: Don't be holding me up now
1: Well they now they're trying To come over and get haircuts On Saturdays When he's there I mean and it's just it's,
0: oh, I have you, to learn You fading the children huh
2: Okay you No know, his I, barber comes Oh I have a barber That he come through And so I Man I For me For me With my wife My wife is a teacher And she loves teaching Mm-hmm. My wife is also Civically engaged Mm-hmm. She loves that Mm-hmm if we're going to be successful as a couple we're going to have to merge some of our interests that means that I have to find ways to be civically engaged and I have to find ways to uh, involve myself in education
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I like people (laughs) I like people and I believe, because I believe God is real and God cares for every one of us, I don't believe life is has to be as hard as we make it when we look to God as our first source. Sometimes I think we look to structures to do things that only, structures and organizations to do things that only can be done uh, divinely, mm. and I and I be, because I personally believe, just like we say, we we talk about racism a lot. Yeah, racism is a social construct mm-hmm. when we've identified it, which means it's a human construct. Mm-hmm. Which means I don't know that we're gonna ever be able to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I believe it'll. Change and we'll be battling something else. But I believe the inherent nature of people is to want to is to want to dominate. Mm-hmm. And so, what I try to show the young men because I think as black men we have lived in the margin. Mm-hmm. And when I say lived in the margin, that could be the margin of a page, mm-hmm. but that could also be the margins of companies. Mm-hmm. We live. I made a living in the margin.
1: That's powerful, honey. Everywhere
2: I've had to, everywhere I appreciate that, everywhere I've gone, any company I worked for, Mm -hmm. the only way that they kept me around is if the margins was right. Mm -hmm. So I became skilled at learning how to marginalize. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by marginalize? I learned. I taught you. I took my blackness and what. What I would say, my blackness, I took my frame of reference, my upbringing of learning how to do a lot with a little, Mm -hmm. and I applied that to corporate. And I say, well, shoot, if we just got to keep the margins right, then we just got to find ways to be more efficient. Some people call it cutting corners, right? Mm -hmm. We got to find ways to repurpose people, to redeploy people, to get more work out of people. Mm -hmm. That means you got to utilize more of their talents. Mm-hmm. So that means naturally, I had to see more in people. My upbringing brought uh, taught me this. Mm. So when it comes to young men, I want them to know, especially as a black man, that when the odds are stacked against you, they really stacked in your favor. Mm. I heard you earlier say, "We the best." It's kind of like DJ Khaled, <laughs> right? We the best. Yeah. Now, my research in gene pools says that. We we got some assistance from the oppressor because they was mating the best looking, mm-hmm. the strongest appearing men. So in a sense, you created a race of people that had great Spreaking genes. genes. <laughs> Interesting, because mm-hmm. you restricted the gene the the reproductive ability mm-hmm. of us to only those who could perform the best mm-hmm. yeah. that's true that's so interesting. I think had we not had that I think we wouldn't it was like God was already planning for us to not be oppressed forever just like white people have not been the oppressor forever mm-hmm. believe it or not they was enslaved at one point in time too and in, and if we look at it in a certain way, that they are still enslaved to the idea of security. This is why somebody can accumulate the kind of wealth of a Donald Trump, of a Bill Gates, of a Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs died working for Apple for his dream. Now, he left family members behind that missed him. He got you kids that I know would say, I wish my daddy was around. And could just have a regular conversation with me.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: wish my dad had been here to see me do this, as opposed to working on his his technology that he was that he was bringing. But American capitalism teaches you that there's never enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's good. It never teaches you that. It teaches you there's never enough. This is why we can take words that like hierarchy and assign. That they they have evolved over time to have a lot of negative connotation. Hierarchy, when you trace it back to its Greek roots, was a person that was a steward over sacred rites. That means you didn't you 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 didn't have a special place. I mean, you did have a special place, but it wasn't to lord over people. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to be a steward, mm-hmm. someone that promotes promotes sustainability. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is, when it comes to the young men. What society will tell you is you're too wrapped up in your looks. You know, that you need to be saving some money for a rainy day. You need to be getting your education. Mm -hmm. This is true. Mm -hmm. This is true, but you also, there is value in taking pride in how you look because you feel better. Mm -hmm. Like you were just talking about an environment of safety Mm -hmm. and, and an environment that's conducive to learning. Well, I know my granddad and had me feeling like a lot like I used to, I used to wear suits to school sometimes. Mm-hmm. I used to put a, a crease in my khakis. I used to use staple. <laughs> That's the starch. Yeah,
1: state
2: blow is The starch. <laughs> it looks like. It hey, we a all
0: starched our jeans up back in Listen, the day, though. You know West what I mean? The khakis. Oh, yeah, yeah. You uh, yeah. You already
1: know Cortezes
2: and Cortezes and khakis, khakis, khakis. and. Starch. Oh yeah. Or some chucks. Yeah. That attention to detail. Mm-hmm. is what has us being style trendsetters mm-hmm. that attention to detail is part of what helps you as a graphic design artist mm-hmm. let's
1: not go we're not gonna go I know we ain't gonna dive we ain't gonna disagree. <laughs> so, so
2: anyway so my point is I like to try to I try to find interest in the things that my wife likes so that I can just bring my own personality but I think at the same time I help the young men because Absolutely. Man. we need permission To just be, Mm -hmm. we always have to. Where it feels like as a black man, you're constantly told you better fit in here. Yep. Mm. You better fit in here. Mm -hmm. But what if you just don't fit? Mm. No matter how hard you try, you can't change certain basic things about your personality. Yep. And I don't think you're supposed to.
0: You're not. I appreciate
2: that. I believe God made you. The way that he made you so you could enjoy life, enjoy life at an optimal level. Yep. But when you put aside who you are, you're going to always struggle and you're never going to be happy.
0: Never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy. Yeah, and I see my son going through that right now in the school that he's in. How old is he? He's eight. Ooh,
1: third grade. Crucial. Crucial.
0: And so we had to make a decision. For it. Not just that, but there's a lot of things going on. But we had to make a decision to pull him mm-hmm. of his school. Oh,
1: so he's not at Peninsula anymore?
0: Well, he was never at Peninsula. Oh, okay. He one. was never at Peninsula. Okay. He's at, uh, I don't care. He's at Catlin Gable.
1: Oh, nice. Very nice school. Absolutely. This but, is a better place than where he was? Or this was where you had to pull him out from?
0: This is where we're going to pull him out from.
1: God.
0: Yeah. But you know, it is is it it is what it is. And, um, you know, and the school I think he's he's been there since first grade mm. it's it's been good but culturally there's some there's some gaps that are just there and it's 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 not it's too
1: hard for him to navigate at 8
0: it's too hard yeah <laughs> it's too him emotionally he can't he just can't do he's it
1: he gonna be criminalized because that's not, the way this, and not even this, crimin- the system is set up yeah and it may not be him but the way the system is set up is for us to find fault in our black children they're too loud they're not exactly. organized so, enough
0: so what he's saying is how you create like who you are like I yeah. think who he is 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 too it's just it's just different it from fit. everybody. It there's fit. there's maybe one or two other kids like him and it's like that temperament that whatever it just the other kid it, it just doesn't fit well and instead of with him that being environment a
1: place where the the teacher can cultivate that difference. So I have mm. one of my students in my class who's a wicked she's a witch. Um, Right. But I also have some of my students in my class who are Muslim. They're from African countries on the continent.
0: Yeah.
1: They're Muslim. Devout Muslim. I've got a Christian and I've got a Buddhist. Yeah. So I could make, and and she happens to be one of my white students. I only have two. Mm -hmm. So I could make this particular student feel ostracized and feel different because Mm -hmm. she just doesn't fit. She's not doesn't fit the demographic. She's the minority. Mm -hmm. She doesn't fit the height. She's the minority in that Mm -hmm. area. She's a little curvy, so she doesn't fit. She's not as thin as some of the other girls Mm -hmm. that she's the minority and the religion is not. She's a witch. She has an altar and chakras and different things. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn about that because it's my baby. Mm hmm. My, my obligation is to serve her just like it is to serve my other students, and it's to Word. to help my students hold multiple perspectives. And mm-hmm. at fifth grade, they can do it. Mm-hmm. So, what our motto is agree to disagree and then go play. Yeah. Because if I can teach you how to do that as a child, then you can, you that that trait will carry you with you as an adult. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean that, that that this particular student can't practice her witchcraft. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the other students can't walk around with their hijabs on or practice um, Islam mm-hmm. and Mecca and, and all of these different religious ideologies and beliefs. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean as the teacher's eye, as the caregiver, set the tone for care. Yeah, And I set the tone that we are gonna have not tolerance but compassion. Mm-hmm. Compassion that we're all just trying to find due north. Right. For us, right. and for her, that's due north for my baby. Mm-hmm. For my other babies, that's due north for you. But your due north and her due north ain't got nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. That's what she needs in order to be whole and well in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need to oblige her that because it's her—it's her human right yeah. to be able to point due north the way she wants to. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to be able to coexist, we gotta have compassion. Yeah. How else do I teach that? But in real time. Yeah. With the real life examples, if y'all disagree about gods, we go to war over that. If we don't fix that at ten and eleven you'll be 21 and 22 still at war about something that neither one of us knows is real or right
0: see but the 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 great thing about that is that you guys are actually dealing right. with you're discussing Absolutely. it because there are certain environments where they don't want to discuss differences right it was they want to and they speaking and, and, about and they want to make it say well everybody No, right we're not, not the all the same. same and we're no. not
1: supposed to be
0: and and you have to give people whatever whatever their background is you have to you have, to, you have to honor that and you have to let everybody know, not just to that person, but all the kids know, yes, this person is this. Yes,
1: and, and I lead by example. I am Boom. the chief caregiver. Yeah. So for me, the way I treat this particular student, I love on her. Now, sometimes I be scared. <laughs> I do.
0: I go front. Like, don't, sometimes don't, I get in the don't. homework and
1: I have to give feedback that's too tough. I don't want to root on me now. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I got to be... I need to be careful. I'm being funny. Like, <laughs> you being real. I'm though. being funny. That's but, real. But though. my students know, like, they know they watch me treat her with care. That's Word. important for them. Yes. I need them to see that. What you
2: build in this community mm-hmm. and what, yeah. what what we feel as black men, and I'm positive that black women feel this way, too. Okay. But as a black man, I feel like my difference distances me from the district. Mm. What do I mean? I really want to say my difference distances me from the community, but I just want to stay with the alliteration.
0: Mm. All right, you preaching now, my It friend. sounded
2: sweet, man. <laughs> no, but seriously, when I'm my difference yeah. is viewed as a threat to the community. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I have to either change, mm. or I'm no longer an accepted part of the community. Mm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs would say that physiological needs are first like food, clothing, mm-hmm. you know then safety and community but his his hierarchy of needs wouldn't say community his hierarchy of needs would say um, love and belonging mm-hmm. so when I'm put out of a community I no longer feel safe and I don't feel like I belong these are my two highest needs my two biggest needs next to physiological safety Mm -hmm. Like physiological needs like to feel You know the eating stuff right Mm
1: -hmm. I just want to shout out that Maslow was not the first person that came up with that That that's an indigenous concept that he Stole and co-opted But I just want to shout out to the indigenous group Okay okay who's the group I want to say Mayan I know for sure it Was native Okay. Um, but I want to say it was either a Native American Blackfoot concept or mm. a Mayan concept. I'm not entirely sure. So the
0: other man stole it from the brother of man. Course, Is that because what you're
1: saying, this idea of, um, It was a Native perspective. I'm mm. pretty positive positive, definitely an Indigenous perspective. So mm. I just wanted to shout out to the ancestors as we continue There's a lot of, a lot of stuff in history
0: that. that seems to work out that way. That's it, crazy. it does. And yeah. so
1: the, the more we learn, the more we can just credit where we got it from. Yeah. Um, but it's easy to just Maslow that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I didn't want to take from what no, you're saying. No, but no, but I don't feel like
2: possible. you take it. Let's just make sure we acknowledge that who, who it could have could have come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It, it likely did because he just probably studied some other cultures. And Absolutely. You know, just the way they do things. And I put
1: my flag down, so now it's
2: mine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what I'm saying as a as a black man, you rarely get to feel community. You without having to adapt without exactly. having to adapt mm-hmm. so even like, even in the classroom mm-hmm. even in the classroom we by our counterparts by the teachers for example I was someone was shocked that I said something eloquently at PPS leadership and it was hard for me because that was a familiar feeling like, I've learned how to capitalize on it. Like, oh, they're not going to expect me to have anything intelligent to say. So when I do say something, we'll be like, wow, you did a good job. Right? But everybody, and the only reason I believe that I operate like this is because my grandmother told me, you can beat them at their own game. Like, she told me that's how white people think. Like, so it's okay. Let them think that. You just act it out differently. Like, they can think that you're not intelligent. But as a black boy, because we don't always communicate with words, mm-hmm. we're not viewed as knowing how to have dialogue. Mm. And so when we go to a classroom that we have a lot of kids that got a lot of words, like that say, for example, for example, gargantuan, and the girl who said F out of here was like, that just means big as shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the person who said big as shit and the person who said gargantuan still communicated the same message. It just was viewed as more intelligent by one version of society. My point: I want black boys to feel accepted, and that's what I try to let them be around me. It's just, it's cool to just be you.
0: Yep. And that's the thing I just want my son to be. I don't put too much information out there, but he one day he came home, and uh he was just like, he was what well, he was talking to me. I wasn't there, but he was just like, I. I don't feel normal. Mm. And he told my wife he don't feel normal.
1: Oh, well, I wish he was mine.
0: And then at Ooh. that point, I was like, man, we are making some changes. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I said, that school is amazing, man. The resources that they have, yeah. the curriculum. Yeah. But the environment, you just there's certain environments that you can't recreate. Nope. And I'm not going to raise a damaged boy
1: or a son that doesn't find the gift in his exceptionality right but who finds the deficit see right. what we're teaching him is a deficit model mm-hmm. yeah we're teaching him deficit thinking and lens I'm right. not I'm different that means you're special right. you're talented and gifted mm-hmm. but that's not the ideology that we that we subscribe to being different mm-hmm. You. it means you're supposed to now he's trying to wedge himself into this box to fit mm-hmm. at eight at
0: eight Mm-mm. yeah I, like, I, I don't know
1: if pulling him out of CG is the is the um, the right choice, but I, I think
0: that um I don't know either. But I had to do something. To, uh, to I something I had, had to do
2: something with, and, and so be, <laughs> like the North Star. Uh, I'm just trying to...
0: What up everybody, it's your boy Emmanuel hopping in to say thank you to all of you who have listened. This is what I'm going to call side A Of this episode uh, Featuring Nicole and L. Watson So Hope y'all pick up side B I'm going to release it here very soon So be on the lookout for it I'm going to continue on The conversation of what Nikki's doing In the classroom as a teacher What she's doing in the community And we're also going to touch on Wakanda That's right Black Panther So check out Side B and appreciate y'all for listening. Grace and peace.